like he's being good to you this morning. Just let him be good to you. He is good already. Let him be good to you. Jesus, we thank you for this atmosphere where we can be honest, where we can be real with you this morning. We thank you. God, with your goodness, rush in on those who are addicted, those who are chained. Would your goodness rush in this morning? Would your goodness rush in this morning? Those who are chained, Lord, be free, be free, be free, be free, be free, be free, be free.
Spirit of Lord There is freedom Just sing it like that We declare Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom Yes Oh Where the Spirit of the Lord is There is freedom Shining on every face Break out in this place. 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 Yes, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say, Spirit, have your way in this place. Our hearts are open to you. Our hearts are open to you, Lord. We have no agenda but the Spirit of God. Let us flow with heaven's agenda, heaven's mandate, heaven's agenda in this day, Lord. Oh, God, would you just agree with me? Love's starting to leak out of this place. Love's starting to flow out of this place. It has begun. It has begun. Love's gonna flow. Break out 
this scripture, verse 17. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose, say another king, who did not know Joseph. This man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. And at this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God. Say well-pleasing. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months. And now we could look at the whole story, but we're not. Look over in verse 37. We spoke of this last week. It says, this is that. Say, this is that. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Now we said last week, remember everything that claims to be this is not that. We're waiting for the Holy Spirit to say this is that which was prophesied. Now this is that is not going to come without a great battle. Those things that you're intended to walk in, the promise of God on your life is not going to come just because you show up in the morning. The devil is not going to sit by idly and say, okay, you can fulfill your purpose. Go ahead, go for it. How many of you know that? He's not going to stand by idly. His purpose, he has a threefold purpose. What is it? Still kill, and destroy. I mean, if you know, he does a great job at fulfilling his purpose. We see evidence of it all around. Somebody has to rise up. Somebody's got to say no. And somebody has to say yes. Although really, that's the other way around. The way you fulfill God's purpose, you say yes to him first. You draw near to God. Then you resist the devil. And he has no choice. If you just resist him without drawing near to God, then there's some debate on that subject. You know what I mean? We can, we can argue about it. But there's no argument when you draw near to God because you're not going in your own strength. You are speaking, thus saith the Lord. You are going in the strength of Almighty God. You're going with his word. And he'll back you up. He'll cover you. And I was just thinking this week as I looked at this. I don't know if you're going to see the same things I saw. Some things I don't know that I want you to see. But I want you to see what the Holy Spirit wants you to see. Because I know that God says one thing to one person. That's, that's a mystery about ministry, Gary. You can be preaching about Peter. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will be ministering to somebody about David. You know, something totally different. And they'll come to you after. Thank you for preaching on David. That spoke, spoke to my life. Man, I was speaking on Peter, you know, now you could be offended. You weren't even listening to me, but no, the Holy Spirit is speaking. You know what I mean? The other voice. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? Dylan, you ever been there? You're preaching about something and people hear something totally different, but it's exactly what they needed to hear. God is pretty big God. How I many of you know that? I've been telling him that lately. I've been saying, God, you, you really... What are, who are you, God? I've, I've told him that a few times recently. I don't know if he... I, I'm not being, you know, crazy. I'm just serious. I'm saying, God, you are God. I believe there's going to be a testimony in our nation. The church is going to say that. With a, we're going to declare that. And the whole nation is going to shake. We're going to say, you are God. You really are God. And they're going to say, you're right. I should have listened to you. Man, there's a big harvest coming. You know that, don't you? We're not stopping until it comes. Because we're getting ready for it. It's going to be way beyond what we've ever imagined. But that's okay, because God does abundantly, exceedingly. I'm going to have to work on these things. These things got all messed up. But Shirley will fix it. She knows she does everything. She's Wonder Woman. I'm telling you, my wife... I don't even... Back in the old days, we used to have encyclopedias. I used to tell people, I don't need to read the encyclopedia. I got one. She, whatever. I'm serious. If I had a question, Shirley, what does this mean? She'd tell me what it means. But she looks it up. Yeah, we have the... And I could look it up too, but 
it's easier to ask you. <laughs> so I can do something else. All right, here we go. But when the time of the promise drew near, say the time. Man, we are living in amazing times. If everybody knows it. The stuff going on right now is world-shaking. I mean, their Great Britain shakes off this elite, you know, this new world order, whatever. You know, they didn't think it would pass. It passed. But then I saw, I saw there's some lawmakers risen up and said, well, it didn't count. We're not going to count that vote. We're going to have another vote. Well, you know, I don't know if he's going to get away with it or not. But I know who has the last vote. And his vote counts. And what God says over Great Britain is going to be the final word. And what God says over America is going to be the final word. And see, so, you know, we watch this stuff and you have to laugh at some of it. And you, it's just an amazing thing. I remember, uh, you know, this is when I played. You never heard of the sport, team handball. Anybody heard of team handball? Back when I was 14 years old, it's a sport that became popular and, they, and uh, you, it was through the Army Reserve and the National Guard units. And so I signed up to play team handball. And I was a goalie. I should go play soccer with you guys this afternoon. Man, I could do it. I'm telling you. It was a lot of fun. But I remember we went to Texas, and we were going to play, play Bryan, Texas. Isn't that where Texas A&M is, I think, maybe close by? Is that where Texas A&M? Yeah, you went to that school, I think. But anyway, this team was big. And bad and ugly and fast and mean. I'm not that big, bad, ugly, fast. Well, I may be ugly, but I'm not that big, bad, fast and mean. And uh, they, you know, we really, if you beat Brian Texas, you'd have a chance to play. And at that time, what was like the championship, you know, and I wanted to play for a championship. Man, a national championship, that's awesome. So anyway, we're in these barracks. In Fort Walters, I don't even know if it's still there, somewhere around Dallas, it was a helicopter port. I'm just remembering this stuff. Helicopters everywhere. Today they're probably all out of date, broken down, but anyway, we won't go there. But I remember, and everybody went to the amusement park but me. I said, man, I'm not going to any, no, I'm not going to no amusement park. You go ride the Ferris wheel. I wanted to stay behind and get ready for the next day, the game. I wanted to dream of blocking the shots, you know, and... Man, I was just everything I could do. I just wanted to rest, get pumped up. Man, and everybody was, you know, going to the amusement park. And so I stayed behind in the barracks. I didn't sleep a wink, but I was just dreaming. God, I'm going to win. Lord, this is it. My chance. The chance of a lifetime. If we beat this team from Bryan, we get to go to the national championships. Well, the next day, everybody came back, you know, late from the amusement park. I was ready. You know what happened? I play, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not bragging. I played the game of my life. I was blocking shots in my dream, in, that I dreamed about blocking. I, it, it didn't matter where the ball was. I was there. I was doing it. We beat them. We stomped them. They were meaner, bigger, faster, uglier. But we won. We won. We won. And we went to the national championship. And we got our brains beat out at the national championship because <laughs> I was cocky. You know, you, you get a little cocky there. Those guys in San Antonio, that was the next place. They, they were mean and big and bad and fast. But it was, you know, listen, what it was, that was my time. That, why did I tell you that story? It was my time. Only, I was only 14, but I said, this is an opportunity for me to lead a team to a national championship in team handball. There weren't that many teams, but there was a few. But I wasn't going to miss it for anything. And I'm telling you, you've got to have that attitude at this moment in history. You've got to wake up every morning. I'm not going to miss this day for anything. The Lord said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? I'm determined you are going to find faith. You're going to find it in me. And I want to challenge you. That ought to be your heart cry. It ought to be your determination. Lord, you're going to find faith because I'm going to be one of them. And I'm going to walk in it. I'm telling you, if you don't feel like it or not, this is your time. In fact, I'm going to make you, I'm going to convince you. Just say, this is my 
time. Say it all together. Say, this is my time. How do you know that? Because God doesn't make mistakes. The steps of a good man and woman are ordered of the Lord. He's engineered your circumstances. Because He's God. And He knew you'd be at this place at the right time. If you're in the wrong place, He has a way of getting you to the next place. How many of you know that? He has a way of shaking things up. It's going to be Paul and Donna's time in Minnesota. It's time. I don't care where you are. It's time. Just say it's time. Man, if I could get that in you. It's the time of restoration of all things spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. And it spoke of Jesus in that text, whom heaven must retain. Remember that? So don't you think that Jesus is a little bit anxious to get this thing on the road, get going, so he can come back. So there's got to be a time of great fulfillment of all the promises of God. And it's going to happen. We get to live in it. Now the key is the promises. Right, so we're going to move down that text. If I can bend these on my face. There we go. All right, look at that. But when the time of the promise, say the promise, drew near. Now, there are promises spoken over your life. How many of you know that? How many of you have got some promises you're standing on? You know. You've been waiting. You guys got promises? I didn't see. You got things God's shown you that you're going to do? You know, purposes? You know, plans? God has plans that are good for you to give you a future and a hope. Good stuff. And uh, He's faithful. But how many of you know you got to wait? You got to wait. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And, uh, but it's also, you, there's something more. You might have to fight. For your promise. What did you, Gary's talking about? Beating through that little veil. You know, that little membrane. You know, I think some of you did get through it. We've been getting through it. This has been the greatest year of my ministry. I'm, that's what I was telling God that day at Stone Mountain. I said, God, this is the greatest year. I believe there have been so many times on Sundays, it's been like revival here. You know, the altars, people have been touched. Things are happening. There's excitement. We hear testimonies during the week. I believe we're living in that. And I just say, God, this is great. But there are promises you're going to have to fight for. Remember this. Now, the Lord, it's in the Word. The kingdom of God suffers violence. But what? Yeah, the violent take it by force. There are promises spoken over our nation. They're not going to happen by our just sitting by and saying, Lord, Whatever you will, whatever you say, no. He already had. We know His will. We know what He said. We can read it. Believe God. Go for it. Put a demand on what God has said. Rise up and be the people of God. Because promises do not come easy. But they are promises. You know, concerning this... Now, you know we're not just looking for revival, right? How many of you know that? What are we looking for? We're looking for a great awakening that shakes this entire nation from Moravian Falls. And we're going to keep on bounding, pounding heaven until we see it happen because Jack Taylor told us, he said, the eyes of the world are upon you. Remember that? And he said, as it happens here, so it will happen in our nation. I mean, if you were here that day. And I, I, I told Jack, I asked Jack later, I said, Jack, did you mean to say that? You sure, did you really, that had to have been a slip of the tongue. He said, I don't even remember. No, I meant to say it. And so we're going to, we're here to see a great awakening. What are you, what are you on the earth for? Listen, there's a great harvest intended for your life. God sent you to bear a lot of fruit, much fruit. And we're going to bear a lot of fruit, but you got to, you got to fight. Now, anyway, I was saying, I'm, I hope I get through this, but I just, I Recently, the Lord told me, well, by faith, you know, I heard in my spirit. Some people say, God told them. God didn't tell them. They're telling you, so you'll believe God told them. You need to learn to hear God for yourself. Not everybody that says, thus saith the Lord, is really saying, thus saith the Lord. It's going to get even, it's going to get even more hairy in the times to come. 
it's an amazing time we're living. But anyway, here's what the Lord, he put in my heart. I believe he said, he said, you have one more hurdle to jump. One more hurdle to clear before the great awakening comes. And I, I, I shared that with our Monday morning crowd. You remember the words you gave me? You know, pole vaulting. We had a picture, pole vaulting. And when I was a little kid, we, we, I pole vaulted. I mean, I wasn't great. It was just, you know, but it, you ever done that? And the stick break, you go on your way up, and the stick break, you know. But I, I actually did it. And when you pole vault, don't you have to turn upside down? It seemed like you had to flip around and look the other way for a moment to get vaulted over that. And uh, you reminded me, sometimes you're going to look like, it's going to look like you're upside down in this journey that God's got you on. As you're hurdling, the last hurdle, clearing it. There'll be a time you may look like you're going the wrong way. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your, he's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's already completed it. Keep your eyes on him. Even when it looks like you may be upside down. But I want to show you something real quick. We'll come back to Acts about the promise of God. Look over in 2 Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians. Chapter 1. You guys with me? Look in verse 20. Here's, we'll back up a few minutes or a few uh, verses. Not minutes. We can't back up a few minutes. Now, that would be cool. <laughs> How would you like to do that? I want to back up a few years. You ever tried that? I get stuff in the mail that tells, tells you they do that now. I guess I've gotten to that age and now they send you all this stuff. It says reverse aging. You know, with a single pill. Take this pill for $699.99 and you will reverse the aging process. Anybody else get that kind of stuff? What do they have, some kind of data bank? When you get over a certain age, you get all that mail. They figure you're the audience. You know, the fountain of youth. When it comes in your mailbox, just chunk it. It doesn't work. I'm not going to spend my money on that stuff. I'd rather be like, who's the guy, Joshua, that told the son to stand still? You know, man, I want to do that. Until God's purposes are done, sun, stand still in the sky. I think we have a lot more in us than we realize. His name is Jesus, and he's the king of kings, and nothing is impossible with him. When you agree with God, you and God make a big-time majority. We need to tell the folks over in the UK, you may say the first vote, but I'm telling you, when God votes, it's over. It's over. You can have two or three or four or five or ten votes, referendums, whatever you want to have. God's going to have the final word on planet Earth in the name of Jesus. Let's just prophesy. Where's the flag of England? I don't know where it is. It's up somewhere. Is, it over? is that it? Let's just prophesy. Let's pray for the UK and for England and God we prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ God there are people that took a bold stand so we prophesy revival break out in the UK Scotland Ireland in England all those regions in those areas in the name of Jesus God we thank you for how they blessed our nation they were our, they were our mother mother nation but Lord we thank you for the Wesleys and we thank you for great men and women of God that came out of that nation. And they preached the gospel in this nation. So we bless Great Britain. And we pray, God, with all this rumbling going on, it's a great time for a great awakening. Raise up. Great move of the Spirit in that nation. We prophesy. We declare it. We declare that Britain shall be saved in the name of Jesus. you got to believe some of that stuff. I have no idea where... Oh, here I am. I know where I am. Verse 18, but as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, and Timothy Sylvanius, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all, in other words, men, there's some question. But look in verse 20. For all the promises of God in him, in Christ, are yes. Say yes. And in him, amen. Say amen. amen. To the glory of God through us. You want God to get glory in your life? 
then just walk out the promises He's spoken over you. Because all those promises are yes and amen. Say they're yes and they're amen to the glory of God through me. And we got to believe it. we got to go for it. we got to stand for what God's spoken over our life. Now go back to, to Acts. you got to see this. There's something the Lord showed me. Now, so let's just pick it up. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham. Now, he swore to Abraham, but their promise is very near right now for our nation. I mean, if you know that. I mean, there are things God has spoken People have prayed for their promises. And right now, some of you, you are so close to the promise of God. Things that you've been waiting for all of your life. So what are you going to do about it? Well, let, well let's look at this story. These are things that said which God had sworn to Abraham. And the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Verse 18, till another king arose and did not know, who did not know Joseph. Say another king. That's another kingdom. Right before the fulfillment of the promise of God, another king will arise, another kingdom will arise and try to get you to substitute what God had promised you. He'll try to get you to come off of the big dream and settle for the little dream. He'll, he'll try to get you to forget about Isaac or Jacob, you know, and go after Ishmael. He'll get you... He'll convince you. He'll try to convince you that what you really believe for, God is not able to do. And he'll get you to settle for something less. You know, another king also represents a great challenge, a great roadblock, an alternative route. It's man's plans. I'm not going to read there now, but you can read it when you go home. Daniel chapter 11 and chapter 12, it says, And another king arose. Now, I think that's a type of the Antichrist. So before the Lord Jesus Christ comes, there'll be this anti, this opposite of. And it talks about all the things in that chapter that he will do. He'll capture his kingdom by intrigue. He'll come in with, you know, flattery. It says he'll raise taxes on the glorious kingdom. And he'll, they'll be filled with lies. And you read all that stuff and you, you know, you want to get on to chapter 12 pretty quick. Because you read about that and you say, this, this, is, this is evil. You know what I'm talking about. Evil, 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 evil leader. And then you get over in chapter 12. Or is it 11? No, no, you don't get to 12 yet. Chapter 11, verse 32. Anybody know what it says? In the midst of the wickedness, the wicked shall corrupt the covenant, all that. They'll continue. But those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. What does that tell us? That tell us that tells us that in the time of great wickedness, in a time when other kings arise, that's when the kingdom of God is going to advance the greatest. That's what you've been made for. That's what you've been created for, is to confront every other kingdom. There's only one kingdom going to last, and that's the kingdom of God. And it's on the increase. Of the increase of His peace and of His government, there shall be... No end. And you gotta, you're going to face... How many of you know what I'm talking about? You're going to face other kings. Challenges to your promises. So what are you going to do? Run and hide? Stand up. You're no wimp. I, I told myself the other day that in prayer. David, you're no wimp. You can stand up against this thing. You can get across this final hurdle. And I'm going to. I'm just, I don't mean to be cocky. I just have confidence in God, all right? I've got confidence. I've been around here long enough. I know God is faithful. I'm, I'm talking about 35 years plus of ministry. I cannot count on one, I can't even begin to count where God has ever failed me. How about you? Can anybody honestly, no, you, you can't count either, right? How many of you would say, God never failed you? That's what you were saying. Never, he doesn't fail. He will not fail you. He will not. He'll never fail you. But anyway, look at this. what this king does. He doesn't just show up. It says, a king arose, verse 18. This man dealt treacherously with our people. Now, the word treacherously means craftily or to deceive. The, 
craftily means clever in a deceptive or dishonest way, to be subtle or cunning, bringing wicked schemes to pass. And it reminded me of how the serpent, remember, came to Eve and promised her everything, you know, but he was subtle and cunning and crafty. And, uh, you know, this stuff going to happen. The Bible says that wicked men and imposters are going to do what? They're going to grow worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Evil men and imposters. Yeah, but I thought you said God's going to have the final vote. He will. God's moving in the midst of wickedness in Daniel chapter 11. Those who know their God will carry out great exploits. So all this stuff is going to go on at the same time. There's going to be a, an enemy that will deal with you treacherously. Now you can back off or you can let him have it. Listen, if he comes at you one way, you go after him seven ways. That's one thing I really, really love about Rodney Howard Brown. Because every time you're down there, he talks about his daughter that, that died, Kelly. And he, it's part of his testimony. He believes the devil killed Kelly. And so his, his goal is to win millions of people for, because of Kelly. So he has this driving passion. Listen, let's don't wait till we lose... Just have a driving passion. We're going to win. We're going to overcome. We're going to make you pay for what you did to my son or what you did to my daughter. You know good. Listen, he is no good. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to get in the flesh. I'm just trying to. It's in the, something in the spirit that you've got to have that, the violent take it by force. I told the devil, I said, you think you stole something from me one way? Okay, good. Now you've got to relieve a seven, you've got to go seven ways. And I'm going to believe for a sevenfold great awakening. I'm going to believe for a great awakening that not only sweeps America, but sweeps the entire earth. He's going to pay. I'm telling you, I'm going to make him pay. Now I know you say, well, you're, you're talking awful big there. When I'm off by myself, sometimes I don't talk that big. I just, sometimes I'm saying, God, help. Who do you think I am? <laughs> you know, and he reminds me, you need me. You are right. You can't. Yeah, God, but you can. You're not. God, you are. You are everything. You are the great I am. How are you going to overcome? Do you know in the book of Revelation it says the whole world will worship and follow the beast? Remember that? Except for one group of people. You know who that is? Whose names are where? In the Lamb's book of life. If your name's not in the Lamb's book of life, you better make sure it's in there. You better come to Jesus while He can be found. You don't just choose to follow Jesus when you want to. The Holy Spirit draws you and there's conviction. And I believe there's some watching. You may be here this morning. And if He's drawing you, man, this is the time to get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Put your faith in Jesus. But then also, those who have a love for the truth will be saved. And then those that stay in the center. And I won't go there. You can look later. I'm going to skip through some. But 1 Peter chapter 5, it says that God resists the proud, but He gives His grace to the humble. And the humble are those who confess their need of God. They are the ones who lay all their burdens down. They don't carry them on their own. They humble themselves. But it says in there, it says to resist the devil... Remember, for he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's just roaming about, and he's like a lion. He's not the lion that's about to roar. And I'm telling you, the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring through his church in this hour. And if we could get a picture of this, the devil... Just picture God as a big giant lion. I'm telling you, the devil is just the smallest little kitty. Yeah, this, this is our God. Now, if I had a picture of a kitty, I'm telling you, the devil's not even... You don't know. Listen, he's roaring in you. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives in you. You don't have to live in poverty. I mean, spiritually. Nor literally. You're rich in Christ Jesus. You couldn't be more rich in Him. Well, I'm getting carried away. Good. 
I want to get carried away. I got to preach for a whole month's worth. No, 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 no. And then look, look at the next thing. Now, this is good. Verse, I'm just telling you guys, I saw this this week, and God's still speaking to me through it. So, this, this man dealt treacherously, deception. I'm praying that God blows the cover off of every ounce of deception. <sighs> yeah, you can see it right. Anyway, I'm just going to press on. Okay, let me stick. And oppressed our forefathers. Now, the word oppressed means vex. Now, the forefather, obviously, I drew a circle speaking of the promise given to Abraham. But there were promises given to our forefathers of this nation. They're depending on us. Now, I don't know. They're not alive. You know, I don't know where, if they can see. There's a great cloud of witnesses. They're not going to be complete somehow until we finish and we complete our mission. And I was thinking about all the people that were at this church before me. I was thinking about Buck Petty. Thinking about, you know, Paul Kane lived here for a time. Rick lived here. Steve Thompson. You know, uh, Ray Hughes. Brad McClendon. All these guys. I was thinking Bob Jones. All these people. I don't know all the promises God gave them. But it seemed like another king always would arise. And do something. You know, to substitute or whatever. And I, just, I told the Lord, God, let me be the one that sees the fulfillment. Enough of this assault against our forefathers. We need people in America that will say, look, you trample on, my, on the Constitution. My forefathers died for that Constitution. How dare you trample on that Constitution? You know what I'm talking about? There are people that have gone before us. My father. My father believed up until the day my mom died and the next day my dad died because he went to be with my mom. They died back to back. We had a double funeral. But he believed up to the day that my mom was going to be healed of Alzheimer's. He believed it. And I'm telling you, I'm going to see. People are going to be healed of Alzheimer's in this hour. They're going to come to the gathering and be healed. I prophesied that. You come with that foul, stinking demon out of hell. How I many of you know it's a demon? It's a foul, stinking demon. I don't know what's causing all these neural diseases. But our God is greater than this. And we have to stand firm and believe. They oppress our forefathers. And the Now, this is what's really interesting. Look at this. And oppress our forefather, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. Now, how many of you know sometimes a baby represents the move of God or, or the promise of God on a nation, on a city, on a region to you? You know, I've had people tell me, I had a vision. You're pregnant with the purposes of God. You know what I'm talking about? Babies. There will always be an attempt to abort the baby that God births in regions, in cities, in areas, over families, over nations. The promises of God can be compared. What did they do to these babies? They slaughtered them. And today there's, there are promises of God that are waiting. And there, the, another king is arising to abort them, replace it, bring it, up, bring it to a premature birth or whatever, pervert it. Just whatever. I'm telling you, God has got a greater plan. You know what his plan was? Moses. And then look in verse 37. Now skip over. All of a sudden you see this, this, that. Now you've got to catch this. Okay, so there are great promises. They slaughter all the babies. That happened, remember, before Jesus' birth as well. There, there comes an attempt to slaughter the, those who would carry out the promise. The devil lost in both cases. Now Rachel still had to weep for her children. There are things that happened. But... All of a sudden, God had a plan B, Moses. But if you look at it closer, Moses wasn't plan B. He was plan A all along. Some of you, you've been waiting for the fulfillment of your promise, and you've got to the point, you said, well, I guess I just got to wait for plan B. Forget plan B. There's no plan B. God has plan A reserved for you. He's not, he's not going to forfeit. He's not going to let it be aborted. 
He's holding it. You just got to rise up. And you got to walk in. And I'm telling you, there's stuff about to shout out of heaven. This is that. This is that. This, that oh, I hope you can see what I'm trying to put together here. I'm, I'm trying to piece it together. This is that. You see, this is that. And I prophesied that over you. This is that. This is the time you've been waiting for. It's the time of fulfillment. All of God's promises spoken over you are yes and amen for the glory of God through you. Through you. So that He would get glory when that promise is walked out. There's all kinds of stuff I could share, but I'm going to slow it down to a crawl. Hey, Shirley, you remember that dream you had? Can you share it? Are you healed? Okay, you're going to be healed. You don't have to thank me. I'm your husband. Okay, um, this week, or I guess it was last week, I can't remember now, but I had a, a real brief dream, and I was um, in a place, and I could, in a city, kind of like a, uh, not a big city, but more of, of like a uh, medium-sized, small-town kind of city, and it had a government building, it was beautiful, um, I could see in detail, there was carving, and scroll work, and granite, big granite columns, and the stone steps and everything. And the next thing I knew, I was inside the building and um, I was around all these people. And I was on the first floor and the first floor had classrooms, which was real interesting. And uh, anyway, so there were people taking classes. There were people in the hallway and I was just kind of walking around and it was a beautiful building, wood carving and paneling and all that kind of stuff. Then the fire alarm went off. And so everybody started to leave. We were exiting the building because there was a fire. And so um, the scene changed, and I was outside the building again, walking with the crowd down the street, exiting the building. And I turned around, and I looked back, and I could see that the building was totally engulfed in flames. The flames were coming out the windows. It was just, oh, it was very tragic. And, and I was thinking to myself, goodness, I don't know if everybody could even get out because it was like hundreds of people trying to exit at one time. And I just thought, well, the building's going to be destroyed. What a shame. It's terrible. And, and then the scene changed again. It was like I was a little further down the street and I turned around and the fire was all out. And the building was still there. And it came into my mind that because the foundation and the structure of this building was sound, it was made out of granite and marble and whatever, that the building was just fine. And that the thought was that really it wouldn't be very long and they would be able to use the building again. They would be able to easily make the cosmetic repairs that the fire caused. So, so anyway, um, that's, that was the dream. Thank you. So the foundation, but also what kind of building was it? The government. You guys know the fire's coming, right? Our God's a consuming fire. You know the shaking is coming. What if it happens between now and when we come back? Listen, it's already happening. The shaking. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. God is going to have the final word. He's a consuming fire. But the building, even after the flames was still standing. For those who were grounded, rooted, the foundation in Christ, and those who are part of the kingdom of God, the government of God. Because of the increase of His government, there shall be no end. And that's my challenge right now. Man, get in the kingdom. Because everything is about to be topsy-turvy. But if you're in the kingdom, you are safe and you're going to make it and you're going to find out that your God is, is more than you ever dreamed he was that he's faithful to the very end and he'll never fail you amen I was going to share one more story about scripture I won't get there but about how Satan has sought to sift you as wheat remember that I'll just do it by memory real quick Satan has sought to sift you as wheat. Peter, right before he denies him, remember? And Jesus said, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. 
And when you return, strengthen your brethren. That, that's the way it goes, right? I was thinking, God, that is exactly, that's a word for all of us. Satan has come to sift you as wheat. Now, the sifting process, I, I know you have to bang on it, right? To separate the good from the bad. But you also can toss it up in the air. And the wind, the winds of doctrine, contrary winds of doctrine, false doctrine will blow the chaff, right? And then the edible grain falls to the ground, the threshing floor. Is that correct? So you pick it up. That's what's happening right now. The winds are blowing, and the chaff is being carried away, being prepared to be burned in the fire, right? And that which remains is built on solid foundation, and it's going to endure forever and bear forth much fruit for a great harvest for the end of the age. I don't know when all this is going to happen. My gut feeling is it's happening right now. That we're in the midst of the greatest time any human being could have ever lived. I don't listen much to Rush Limbaugh anymore because I just don't have time. But used to, I'd listen to him and he would say, I'm having more fun than any human being should be allowed to have or something like that. I want to say, Rush, you, you don't know. Not even the half has been told. Let me tell you, if you're in Christ in this hour... If you're a born-again, washed-in-the-blood, spirit-filled believer, you're having more fun than, it ought to, than a human being ought to be allowed to have. This is the time of our lives. This is the time we've been waiting for, the time we've been born for. This is it. This is that. This is that. I prophesy, this is that. And you're His child. Amen? Lord, we thank You. And I ask You, God, to seal this Word. Lord, whatever You wanted to say in the midst of it, we just pray, let it be fulfilled, let it be done. We thank You that Your Word never returns void. It always accomplishes Your purpose. And Lord, we thank You. I thank You that in this room, men and women, boys and girls, Lord, that have been born for such a time as this, just like Esther, this is what they've been waiting for all their life. And God, I ask you to just, God, breathe over them afresh. Let that mighty rushing wind stir their heart. And Lord, I thank you in that prayer when Satan sought to sift Peter's wheat. You said, but I prayed for you, that your faith would not fail. And I thank you that right now there are more praying for us than we've ever dreamed. That he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. And there's a great intercession going on that no one's faith will fail. And I thank you that our faith will not only not fail, but it will spread to the ends of the earth. That faith, we will have the faith when you come again. We will have that faith that you're looking for. We prophesy that over every man. I prophesy that over Paul and Donna as they go. We prophesy. They're going to be men and women. They are already before us. But they're men and women of faith. I prophesy that over you. You're going to have great faith. Not mediocre faith. Great faith. Great exploits. If you knew what God had planned for you. I'm telling you, great exploits. Great exploits.